This is episode 150 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's articles are How to Start a Campfire, a Basic Survival Skill, and Using Survival Trailers for Bugging Out, Part 2. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, uh, before we get started, I uh, received an email today from Michael, and he says, Hey, Todd, I enjoy the podcast, but it really is too much content to absorb daily. Seriously, reading just one awesome article and keeping the podcast down to smaller bites like 15-minute daily would make it easier for me to digest. I have enjoyed hearing firsthand about your experiences with the hurricane. Thanks for your efforts. And uh, hey, Michael, thanks for the for the email and the for the for the feedback there. I do appreciate that, and I do agree in in a way uh, because I never intended the the podcast to grow into something you know that's like a fifty five minute, sometimes a forty five, sometimes even longer, like an hour long podcast. It's like a, a monster sometimes. And I think part of the thing is is uh, I I'm reading articles. I'm, I'm trying to pick you know articles with uh, with decent content in there. But then I start talking, and that always adds to it as well. So I think as I become more comfortable talking on the on the podcast, that uh, of course they're getting longer and longer. So I, I do I do want to consider that. You know, I have received feedback from several several of you early on when I was going a little bit longer, and, and I was concerned back then. Uh, people said, "Hey, we we do like the longer podcast. We uh, you know we're listening to it on in our commute uh, on, on our commute." Uh, or even someone responded back. It was it was back early on. Hey, I, I listened to you while I'm on the tractor, and so uh, man, that was, you know that's that was great. But I do agree that you know I'm probably going a little bit longer than than I would like, and it really does kind of put uh, you know it kind of clamps down the house over here because when I'm when I'm on the family's really good. I let them know, hey, I'm going to be recording, so they try to stay as quiet as possible, but. Then you know it's it's really really quiet and they don't come out of rooms or whatever or you know they're not doing what they really like to do and so I you know I'm kind of monopolizing you know sometimes an hour or even an hour and a half of uh, of the evening when I'm doing something like that so uh, I'm gonna try to do I'm, I'm gonna do some experiments uh, out there you know if you if you have some feedback I appreciate that as well but I'm gonna do some experience experiments with uh, different lengths of uh, articles and I guess you know the way that I'm talking or how long I'm talking and see where we kind of go uh, from there because uh, you know I, I I do the same thing when I'm listening to a long podcast if it seems like it's dragging on and on and on uh, I don't always finish it it really has to depend on on the content and what the podcast is is dealing with whether I um, I finish it or not so uh, we're going to kind of go, go with that and see what happens. Uh, so bear with me. I think uh, when I was you know, looking at it, I think we're about seven months. We're uh, a little under seven months that the podcast has been going on. Uh, and uh, I really do appreciate everyone that's been listening. Uh, we, um, we have been growing and uh, very excited about the growth. It's, you know, every week we start, uh, we start getting, uh, we, we, we go higher and higher. We're adding subscribers. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird because on the weekend, on Saturday, you start seeing it dip low. Uh, and and uh, well, it, at the beginning, it was dipping really low. So it would go Saturday and Sunday, it would dip really low. 
and then on Monday it just just shoot back up again. Um, it's not dipping as low anymore, which is kind of cool because people are downloading, I guess, finding it on the weekends too, and uh, or maybe they're catching up with other podcasts uh, that they missed during the week. So uh, that's really cool. And I did receive uh, another piece of uh, or another comment, so some more feedback on uh, episode 144, but it was uh, it was left today by Jim Watkins. He says, it's great to hear your voice out here in the Northwest Woods. I promise to pay more attention. Mountain man, been self-reliant decades. No, not perfect. We always learn. So, Jim, hey, I'm glad you're listening to the podcast. I'm glad you're, you're along. And, uh, man, if you ever have any great advice out there, being, being the mountain man uh, and, and living that self-reliant life, if you got any uh, good advice, man, please feel free to pass it along. Or even if you have an article that you'd like to write, and that goes for anybody who's who's listening as you know as a subscriber. If you uh, you know maybe you uh, you're living this self reliant life and you've come across some kind of uh, some skill or or some you know great thing that you that you've uh, or maybe you've just learned a lot and you like to share some of the the things that you've learned. Hey, feel free to write it in an article, put it together in an article, and shoot it over to me. And, uh, you know, we'll post it, you know. Uh, you might not feel like you're ready to do a website or you're not ready to, uh, you know, put information out like that and on a regular basis. But you're like, hey, man, I have, a, I have an article in me that I can, uh, I can write. And so you can send it over. I'll put it on edthatmatters.com and then link it over on Prepper website and, uh, you know, uh, get it out there and get that information out to people because people are always looking for, you know, practitioners, people who are really learning things. And not just list, you know, we, we, we do some of those on Prepper website. I don't list, I don't read a lot of those on the podcast, but uh, I think, you know, the articles that are more beneficial or more valuable are those that really provide some real strong content. And, uh, you know, talking about websites, you know, one of my websites, uh, PrepperChurch.com, I posted a lot of the, the prophecy updates. I kind of like uh, put, uh, curated a couple of the different prophecy updates and, um, you know, I've even written some articles, even did some videos for Prepper Church. And, uh, but I did say that I was not going to renew that hosting, and it has, uh, it has elapsed. Now, I'm going to keep the domain name, and uh, I did download all my graphics, and I did download the articles. And so I will be uh, incorporating some of those uh, little by little at, in, at, over at Ed That Matters. And so you'll see some of those. And even, uh, I think things are crazy. Um, I've been listening to, you know, the prophecy. I never stopped listening to the prophecy updates. But uh, I listened to some, and I think they're really good. I'm like, man, I just want to kind of push this out. And um, I think there's a lot of you out there who, who would want to see it as well and, and listen to those. I know it was really popular when I had it on Prepper Church. So I might start doing that again over at Ed That Matters. So, uh, I mean, that's a lot of information there that I gave you here at the beginning. And like I said, I guess I'm going to talk my way all the way to 55 minutes. So let's go ahead and, and get moving on this podcast. Um, our first article comes to us from TruePrepper.com. And uh, I like this article. It's kind of a basic article, but there's two videos here. And uh, one of the videos, when I was watching it, I actually took screenshots of it so I could come back and share those uh, the pros and cons because they talk about five different camp style, campfire styles. Then there's another video here that it's the self-feeding fire. Now, you've probably seen pictures of a self-feeding fire. I know that I've seen it before, but one of the reasons this video was created was, um, or the, at least the guy who did it, he says that uh, you've, you've seen it, you've heard about it, uh, but you've, or you've seen the pictures and you've heard about it, but you've never actually seen it 
in in real life, you know, where it's, where it's happened, where someone has actually lit a self-feeding fire. And so this one, uh, this video, I thought was very very interesting, and you might want to take a look at it. Uh, so uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna uh, be talking about those as we move forward. So let's go ahead and start. We are getting back to basics this week, very basic with how to start a campfire. Occasionally we have requests on specific topics and we try to field those requests as quickly as possible. Fire starting is a basic survival skill and preppers often have tools and supplies to assist them with the task. Whether you are using a ferro rod or a Bic lighter for the spark, feathered wood or wet fire tinder for your nest, the end goal is the same. A well-constructed campfire can provide all sorts of necessities for survival. It can provide warmth in inclement weather, boil and purify water, and cook food. It can also be used to heat up tools and keep animals at bay. Lastly, it can be used for fellowship. I hope everyone reading this has made plenty of good memories around a campfire. Know the basics so that you can keep making more of those memories. So picking a location. When selecting a spot for a campfire, try to use an existing fire ring or fire mound. You can create a ring or a mound with rocks or dirt if you need to, be, need to, but be sure to check if you need a permit if you don't own the land. Make sure you're, and man, that would totally suck. I don't know, uh, I mean, I never heard that happening in Texas, but I can't believe, uh, you know, have needing a permit uh, to, to have a fire. Now, you might want to ask permission if it's not your land. Uh, because sometimes fires can get out of control, but man, that would really suck to have to make, have to find a, get a permit to, to build a fire. All right, uh, continuing on. Make sure your fire location is away from trees, bushes, and grass, and on bare ground. Also check to make sure that you are not creating your camp under dead limbs or tree trunks, also known as deadfall. Pick a location that is isolated from possible rising water and high winds. Make sure you clear all combustibles combustible material away from rings such as leaves, grass, limbs, and camping equipment. Be careful using river ro rocks for a fire ring since the fire can heat water trapped in the rock and cause them to crack and even shoot off shards. Gathering material. The easiest way to get a fire going involves gathering three types of material, tinder, kindling, and firewood. You want all pieces to be as dry as possible so they will lightly light easily. Tinder can be leaves, wood shavings, and even dryer lint used to get the fire started. Kindling should be sticks less than an inch diameter to keep the flame going long enough for the firewood to light well. Firewood should be the larger logs that will burn for long periods of time, split if possible. Find a long stick to use as a fire poker as well. Have a container of water large enough to extinguish your fire on hand before you light the camp before you light the fire. Sorry. Building a campfire. There are several methods to stack the firewood to build a campfire. My personal preference is the log cabin method where you place two larger logs on the bottom with some space between them. Then you stack two larger logs on top of those but turn 90 degrees. Then you do the same with even smaller logs. Keep doing this until you have a good structure with plenty of airflow. Create a bird's nest with your kindling and tinder and place it on the structure on top of the smallest firewood. There are several other structures you can pick from as well, such as the TP, Lean-To, and Pyramid. They have different advantages to them, and this video does a great job of explaining those. So uh, let me go ahead and go through those different uh, fire-building techniques that they talk about. I, uh, like I said, I printed off, um, I printed off the, uh, or did screenshots of this video. 
and uh, so so I can get to them easily. And if you go to the video that I've created, uh, you'll be able to see them. But anyway, the first one is a TP, and the pros are that it burns very hot. It works with damp or green wood, and it's probably because the fire that's inside is kind of, uh, as it's pushing out the heat and the warmth uh, around it is heating up those, uh, those uh, pieces of wood that are a little bit wetter, uh, more wet. And then the cons are that it goes through wood quickly, but, but it, and it's not ideal for cooking. The second one is the log cabin. Now the pros is that it is great for cooking. Cons is that it's less hot than TP style. So if you need it for warmth, the log cabin is not the one you want to do. Uh, the next one is the upside down, the pros. And this is where uh, the log cabin, they talked about it in the article. The upside down is where you start to build. Uh, you put bigger uh, pieces on the bottom. And as you, you're going up and as you build up, you, you're kind of doing with the same idea of the log cabin. You're going at 90 degrees with every uh, piece of wood that you're, that you're doing it, or every layer of wood, uh, I guess would be a better explanation of that. But uh, every layer is a little bit smaller than the layer underneath it, or yeah, underneath it. And so uh, you'll light your, um, your fire on the very top, and then what it does, it collapses upon itself. Uh, and so when, you, when it uh, burns on the, uh, on the top, as it's burning and it's burning through the wood on the bottom, it collapses down to the next layer and to the next layer. And, uh, and so you have that. And that's why they call it the upside down fire because you're starting it from the top, whereas other fires are starting it from the bottom. And in fact, even that log cabin, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong, but I think the log cabin has started more in the, in the middle of that, not on top. But I could be mistaken. But the upside down fire here, the pros are uh, it's a long burn time, uh, needs little attention. The cons is that it takes time to set up and it's not, not as fun because the uh, fire is collapsing on itself and uh, you know, you're, seeing, you're seeing that aspect of it. Um, then you have the lean-to. Um, and this is, they do a good job. He, the guy who does it, and the, the video is from 50campfires.com in their video channel. And uh, this, he does a good explanation of explaining this one. If there's a lot of wind uh, on this lean-to, you have this big uh, log, and then you build your, you, you know, you put your kindling and your tinder uh, on the, you know, on the, I guess the the side of the log that is not windy, and then you build up the other pieces of firewood uh, on top of that. So the pros is that it's great in windy weather. Cons is that it's not ideal for cooking and it's less hot. And then the last one is the star fire, or at least the last one that they talk about here because there's many different ways of doing, uh, creating a fire. But uh, the pros is that it's a long burn, uh, has a long burn time. But the cons is that it's not ideal for cooking. Um, so uh, as you, you're, you're going to go ahead and start, uh, create this fire or, or put the wood together as a, a star. It would look like a star. You start, start it in the middle, and as it starts to burn, you'll, you're pushing, pushing all the logs into the middle. And so that's why it has uh, that long uh, burn time there. But uh, I do suggest that you go check out that, um, that article, I mean, sorry, that, that YouTube video, because, or you go to the article so that you can check out that YouTube video. 
uh, because I, I think it's very interesting because he walks you through a little bit more than, than what I did as far as talking about it. Um, the ones that I prefer are the log cabin. That's usually what I build or the teepee. That's usually what I do there. And uh, if I'm building a fire, not, you know, doing it in the solo stove or, you know, doing something like that. So, uh, you know, something, something there to go check out. I think it's a good video. Um, lighting a campfire. Uh, light the tinder with your lighter, matches, or other fire starting method. Slowly blow on the tinder so it lights completely and ignites the kindling and firewood in turn. If you blow too hard on the tinder, you can put it out so experience and finesse can come in handy here. Use your fire poker to move the embers in as needed. Keeping a campfire ablaze. A campfire needs three things to light and keep going. Oxygen, heat, and fuel. These call, they call these three the fire triangle and it's useful for realizing where you may be going wrong. If you get rid of one of these things, the fire will extinguish. But we'll get to that a little bit later since we are concerned about keeping it going for now. When a fire is started, there is typically plenty of oxygen and heat, but the fuel can be consumed quickly depending on the size. You will want to gather plenty of dry wood before starting a fire and replenish your supply as the fire burns. Having somebody watch and tend to the fire is always a good idea since if the fuel runs out, so does the fire. There are a few... There, there are a few tricks to self-feed a fire, and how you build your campfire can affect its longevity as well. Here is one of our favorites, the log feeder method at work. And so, like I said, this is the self-feeding fire uh, that you'll the 14 plus hours that you'll want to go check out. Uh, extinguishing a campfire. Sprinkle the water on the fire a little at a time to control the extinguishing. Use your fire poker to stir the fire as you go to make sure all of the ashes get saturated. If you believe the fire is completely out, check for any signs of heat, which may be buried embers. Once you have verified the fire is fully extinguished, spread the ashes around your campsite so they are spread out very thin. Try to leave your campsite as little changed as possible. Making and keeping a campfire going seems pretty easy, but bad conditions and low resources can make the task exponentially harder. Even a seasoned outdoorsman can get aggravated and forget the key basic steps to starting a campfire. If you know anyone that is terrible at starting a fire or keeping a fire lit, feel free to share with them. Keep exploring, stay prepared, and be safe. All right, so uh, let me just, a couple of things here. And I should have stopped as, I, you know, as, I, as I'm thinking about these things, I should stop and, and comment. Uh, sometimes I don't always do that. Um, one of the things they say about fire starting or, or campfires or fires that you're building is gather the, the wood that you need, that you think you need, and especially like if you're going through the night to keep yourself warm, gather the wood that you need and then go double that. Um, I mean, you, I've always heard that out there because you're going to go through fire a lot, or I'm sorry, you're going to go through wood a lot faster than you think you're going to. So it's always better to have more wood than you actually need and uh, so to have that prepared. So I think that's very, very important if you're thinking about, uh, you know, making a campfire, especially if you're in a situation where you need wood. The other aspect of it is you want to know how to, I've seen videos before, like in scenario, where they're in scenarios and maybe some guys go out into the woods and it's been raining and they need to make a fire to stay warm. And, uh, you know, it's very, very hard for them. One of the things that you, of course, you want to learn how to baton wood. So that's where you have a, a decent survival knife or axe or in some way where you're able to, 
to get to wood. So if you have uh, a big limb or a big piece of wood, what you want to do is you want to uh, baton that and get to the middle wood because usually when uh, a, a limb or wood is wet, it's going to be wet on the outside of it. So if you're in a situation where it's a survival situation and you need a fire and you need dry wood, you want to be able to baton. You want to know how to do that. You want to have a knife that's able to do that. Uh, you know, one of the, I, I truly believe um, there is a, a great survival knife um, that I promote over on edthatmatters.com. And uh, I am going to actually link to it on uh, in the show notes. But it is it's an awesome survival knife. It has 1,100 reviews. Uh, and it's uh, you know 4.5 stars, and it's less than $40. It's the Schrade SCHF9 Extreme Survival Full Tang. I think it is an awesome knife. And so if you don't have one of the survival knives, I, I suggest you, you get this one. This is, it's, uh, it's definitely a heavy-duty knife for, for under $40. Uh, but anyway, uh, you, sh- you want to baton the wood so that you can get to dry wood so you can start your uh, fire there, and then you have the other wet wood around there that will start to dry out, and you can kind of stack it around there, and that's what you want to do. And so you, you always kind of remember that if you're in a situation where you need uh, a fire and everything is wet, you want to get to that there and uh, do that. I think you do need to practice making a fire because it's one of those things where it's it's uh, it seems like it's so easy that uh, you know you just kind of go with it. But you do want to practice uh, doing it. Um, you know they alluded to having uh, uh, the the tinder here. There's a lot of different ways that you can do. You want to you know wherever you uh, wherever you live. Or if you are, you normally go out to the woods, you want to be familiar with what kinds of things you can use for tinder and, and use that very, very, you know, to, uh, you can find it very readily in your situation so that you can use that. But I think also, um, you also want to have a fire kit where you have many different ways to start fires. I think, you know, having something like wet fire, I think is great. Uh, starting, you know, recently we have talked about, uh, I, I think a couple of Fridays ago, ago uh, maybe that was just last Friday. It all seems like a blur to me. Uh, I did an article from Survival Sherpa where he's, uh, he's made his own uh, fire starter with jute twine and wax. And, uh, you know, you can do that. You can do the petroleum jelly and cotton. Uh, you know, you can have the, the, the lint. That's easy. I mean, everybody, you always have to take care of your, your lint trap when you're drying your clothes. And, and so you can just kind of put it in a, can, a tin can and kind of save it up. And maybe you can uh, use it for various different uh, fire kits or whatever. But I do think that a fire kit is important. You should, you should have multiple ways to make fire uh, in that kit. So that should be part of it. So as you're listening to this podcast and uh, maybe even going and checking out this uh, article and looking at the videos... You, you might want to be thinking about making a fire kit and putting one together and having multiple ways. Uh, even having some wet fire, if uh, things are, uh, it's, you know, it's hard to get a fire going, you want to be able to easily uh, start it. And, uh, you know, but you do want to practice on making a fire. Do, you do want to do that because sometimes it's like gardening. Uh, a lot of people buy the survival cache. 
uh, you know, garden seeds or whatever. And so when the apocalypse happens, they're going to put them in the ground and they're going to all of a sudden have all this food and they've never gardened a day in their life. You need to, you need to, there's a learning curve there. And so you need to practice, you need to get some experience behind there. And the same is true with, uh, with building a fire. Um, that, that was something that they, man, they really drilled into us when we were, um, w- when I was a Boy Scout. They really kind of pushed that. And uh, I got pretty good at doing that and knowing, knowing how to, I didn't realize that it was batoning back then, but you would baton, you, ha- you would have those pieces almost, you know, making those feather sticks. And uh, we, never, we never called them feather sticks. We never really made the feather stick aspect of it like you see a lot of the times in, in uh, a lot of the survival videos. But we were using st- uh, sticks that we were batoning that were so thin they were almost like feather sticks. Uh, but, you know, we got really good at making fires. So a uh, good article over at TruePrepper.com. Go check that one out. Uh, and like I said, go check out those videos. Next article comes to us from American Preppers Online. And we haven't read uh, an article from uh, Sarge in a long time. Uh, I, I don't know why. It just, just hasn't come up yet. Uh, but uh, this article, I think, is, is very interesting. It's very interesting to me because it's something that, um, you know, when I'm thinking about, you know, my preparedness plans, it's something that I do want to put in place. It's, but it's one of those longer term goals that I just haven't got around to doing it. So I'm going to talk a little bit about his, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read his uh, article and uh, come back and talk a little bit more about this as we get to the end here. All right, so this is again AmericanPreppersOnline.com, and the title is Using Survival Trailers for Bugging Out Part 2. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. Without a doubt, the most read post I have ever written has been one of my early posts on using survival trailers for bugging out. It has been read more than 15,000 uh, 15, times, uh, preppers over the last year, by, uh, and a half, and shared on several websites as well. In fact, it has been so popular that I have decided to write a part two for it. This is the subject of today's post, so grab a cup of coffee, have a seat, my friend, while we visit. In part one of this post, we discussed what bug-out trailers, also known as survivor survival trailers, were exactly and how they could be used. In today's post, we are going to look at what you should have in them and why. Just to recap, these trailers are usually about six feet wide and around four to eight feet long with a low top for adding things like a fold-out tent for an emergency shelter. When, you're, when building your own survival trailer, knowing what you need to have in it will go a long way towards developing a design that will work for you. Now, of course, there are the basics like water, fuel, and food, but what else needs to be in it? Here's my list of suggested items to include. You should have at least one large container of water and at least two cans of gas. If you can, you may want to purchase a small gas generator to keep inside of it. Just don't forget to test it regularly. 12-volt batteries for 12-volt power. While you could possibly get, you probably get away with only one, I would keep two in it just to be safe. Lighting is always an issue when you are away from society, so these will go a long way to helping you see once you are set up. If you have small children, you will want to add a fold-out tent on the top of it. These can be very useful and provide much-needed shelter for inclement weather or shade in the heat. I would make one compartment in it into a Faraday cage to store walkie-talkies and other electronic communications devices in it. The trailer will make a great place to store your sleeping bags and blankets year-round. Because you never know when you will need it, it's a great place to store extra dry clothing year-round. 
I speak from experience when I say that dry clothing, socks, and shoes can make even the worst situations seem more bearable. You're going to want to keep a well-stocked first aid kit in it as well. Just remember that some medications are affected by hot and freezing temperatures and may be best stored inside your home in a go bag so you can grab them on your way out. If your trailer has a metal shell on it, then that makes a great place for mount, mounting ham and CB radio antennas. If things have become so bad that you need to flee your home, then information will be kept. Key, I'm sorry, information will be key to your survival. Be prepared and have a ham antenna and ham radio with you in your trailer. Solar panels are a must-have, and you should have at least 100 watts of charging power for your batteries. Whether they are mounted on the trailer or you set them up to use them, it doesn't matter as long as you have at least 100 watts of power at a minimum. Heavy-duty off-road farm jack. Not just for changing your tire, but all kinds of chores. These things are awesome when it comes to pulling or raising anything. Well worth the money. You will also want to carry plenty of rope and chains, as well as a good come-along for getting you out of tight spots. If you can, add a few boat cleats in strategic positions so you can tie off a rope or something. Don't forget to add a trailer hitch receiver to the back of your trailer because it will allow you to add several items to the back of it, which I will discuss in a future post. From my point of view, survival trailers are a must-have, especially if you live anywhere where there are hurricanes, earthquakes, or forest fires. You need something you can grab in just a few minutes and go. Know you have, now you have what you need to survive in any disaster. If you are serious about prepping, then you need to have one of these because you never know what might happen. Look at the amount of disasters going on now. Most cities have a place where they make regular trailers, and if you only ask, most of them will help design and build one to your specifications. I can't really think of any place in the U.S. where you wouldn't need a survival trailer, regardless of how you plan to deal with disasters which affect you. Get yourself one and get it loaded as soon as you can, because you never know when you will need it. Well, that's it for today, and I hope you have enjoyed today's post. Until next time, my friends, stay safe, stay strong, and stay prepared. God bless America, Sarge. So uh, I, was, I was thinking, Sarge, if you are listening to this podcast, uh, man, you needed to have a, a link to part one. Uh, of your um, of your, your your trailer, so I was starting to look around. I was looking for a search bar where I could search for it, but uh, you know, he said it was one of his most popular. So over on the left hand side, he has uh, he has a place that says you know the top posts and pages on the website. Right when he's talking about these survival trailers, he's talking about uh, big trailers that are um, you know that that have everything in it. Like you know they have um, so. If you're on the video, you, you'll be able to see, um, you know, they have all kind of compartments in it. Things will, you know, uh, trays slide in and slide out. Um, all kinds of cool stuff. I saw one of these uh, really nice ones at um, the Self-Reliant Show when the Self-Reliant Show came to Houston. Uh, and you can actually, you know, they have a big sleeping tent on the top of it. Um, you know, they have all this cool stuff. And so there's a bunch of different versions of it uh, here on his um on his uh, actually this one looks like it was one that was made and uh, so you have uh, the middle of it looks like it's empty space so you can stock all kinds of stuff but it has compartments and uh, you know uh, things that lift up and all kinds of stuff around there so uh, that's uh, you know those are really really cool um, so m my idea is not to have one of those specifically because I think I would have a little bit more stuff and my idea, when if I was to bug out, I wouldn't be bugging out to go to 
uh, to camp out in, uh, you know, out in the wilderness or anything like that. I would be bugging out and getting to, uh, you know, into my dad's place out in the country. Now, my idea has always been to have one, have a trailer, just a regular trailer, uh, box trailer that you can you can buy, and uh, you know, you get them usually for six, seven hundred something that could fit in uh, in my garage, right? And uh, then I would build up the sides of it. Uh, maybe with some plywood, so build up the side, so I have some walls uh, in it. And then um, my idea would be to have my stuff in totes to where I could easily load that up. And it might even be if it was survival survival gear that didn't have to be in the house, that it was okay with heat, whatever that might be. Then of course it would stay on uh, on that trailer, and so uh, it would be kind of like a storage. Um, you know, a storage and survival trailer. I mean, it would be ready to go, right? And so if there ever was a situation that uh, we needed to really truly bug out, I would back up my truck, hook it up, pull forward just a little bit, and maybe grab the last little bits of things that are inside the house. Like he talked about medication. Uh, maybe if there was water, we needed to add some water to it uh, because I wouldn't want water in plastic uh, containers inside, uh, you know, sitting in the garage. I uh, wouldn't want to drink from something like that. But, uh, you know, if it was adding water, if it was, uh, you know, medication, maybe it was clothes, throwing those kinds of things in there. Uh, the, those last little things that kind of top it off. Now, of course, you can, you would, you know, maybe even include blankets and even tents and things like that. You know, you would pack a lot of your uh, your food, uh, your you know, your food to bug out with and all that kind of stuff as well. And so you would put as much as you could in there uh, in, in that trailer so you would be able to go and leave. And then you would have maybe uh, a nice tarp that would go over it with some hooks uh, that were ready to go. I like that idea that he talked about having um, uh, the boat cleats on it. So that, you know, maybe you wouldn't have necessarily the boat cleats on it, but maybe you would have, uh, you know, some other, uh, some other ways that you would attach a tarp and you would be able to go and uh, you could get out of your house pretty quickly, uh, if, you know, with something like that. So if you were, you know, you had it, uh, the plan and you had the idea and you had, you were ready to go. And so, I mean, that's something that I'm looking forward to possibly doing in the future. It's not something that I have done yet. Uh, and, um, you know, sometimes you, you got the, you had the money, to, you know, issues to deal with, and then you want to make sure you have the room, and you can all fit that all in there, and uh, and do all that. But that's my idea there. But these tra these trailers that they have uh, on the, on part one, you're gonna want. I'm gonna link to part one in the show notes, so you can go check that out. But uh, man, they're really cool. Uh, they they look uh, they look great. I mean, I think anyone would love to have one. I mean, if I was given one of those, I would love to have it. But uh, if I was doing things on my own and for, for my needs, I would, uh, you know, that I, I have my plan in place of what I would do. And so, uh, so go check that out over at American Preppers Online. You definitely want to go just take a look at these uh, trailers. They're, they're really cool. Um, you know, maybe get some ideas of what you would do uh, for your trailer if that was something that you would, you would make. And maybe if you're in a situation where uh, maybe you're, you're in an apartment and uh, you don't have that, uh, you know, that ability to store a lot of stuff, that might be one of your scenarios where you can go ahead and uh, you can park this in some kind of, uh, some kind of garage or some kind of uh, uh, you know, self-storage that allowed you to park something like a trailer inside somewhere. Of course, you wouldn't want it just out 
where people could see it, people would mess with it. But that might be uh, you know, an easy way for someone who didn't have a lot of room to be able to store some of their stuff and be ready to go at a moment's notice if they needed to go. So uh, you know, good, good things there, something to think about uh, as, you're, uh, as you're putting your preparedness plans uh, together. So, hey, that's it for episode 150. I can't believe it's episode 150. Uh, it's uh, just, it's, it's, like I said, the time has flown really, really fast. Uh, I kind of wanted to do something special for 150, but it kind of snuck up on me and uh, has gotten here really, really quickly. So maybe for episode 200, uh, you know, I can uh, have a giveaway, maybe uh, talk to some of these, uh, uh, you know, sponsors and maybe sponsors who uh, uh, come over to a Prepper website and uh, advertise over there and maybe we can uh, get some kind of uh, free free items out there and uh, some things that people can win I don't know so uh, maybe someone needs to remind me as we get a little bit closer to one or to to episode 200 so um, if you get a chance I'd love for you to come over to episode 150 uh, over at the prepper website podcast.com and leave me a comment like I said I always love to get feedback from listeners and uh, I mean, just like to hear, you know, your preparedness story and like to know what you're doing and what's going on. We get a lot of that over on the Facebook group. Uh, I love what's happening over there. Uh, and so if you, uh, you know, if you want to, if you're not a part of that group over there, come on over to the Facebook group and, uh, you know, come share what's going on. Or maybe you can just, maybe you just want to hang out and uh, lurk a little bit and uh, eventually chime in every once in a while. That's fine, too. Um, you know, we, we're just about helping to share with each other and we're wanting to learn ourselves and uh, you know give the best advice that we could possibly give uh, if you get a chance I also would appreciate you sharing out the podcast uh, on social media we make it very very easy for you over at the prepper website podcast.com and uh, you can always hit me up on Facebook Twitter or Instagram and so with that choose to live a more self-reliant life choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind until tomorrow stay prepped and aware Peace.